This is Loose Leaf, a multi-author podcast journal where we talk about goals, the ups and downs of writing, and where we try to warn you off of our greatest pitfalls. Make sure you like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash loose leaf podcast. Well, welcome to Loose Leaf Author Podcast. Today we are meeting with Jenny Fred, and she's going to talk to us about her fiction as well as the services that she offers to other authors. I want to start by reading her bio. So in 2009, like a million other people, Jenny, a government paralegal with a plan to finish law school, fell in love with Twilight. She realized she loved fiction too much to do anything else. She is a hybrid author and has published with Harlequin Escape and Limitless Publishing. She finds joy in bringing other people's stories to life and helping entrepreneurs market via fiction. Ask her how. In addition to this, she is certified to teach English, social studies, history, special education, and English as a second language, and is available to help with instructional writing. So whether you need a romance, dystopia, business parable, engaging newsletter content, or instructional design, Jenny Fred can customize services to fit your needs. Well, welcome, Jenny. Anything else you want to say to introduce yourself? Oh, no. (laughs) Well, we're really glad to have you here today. What uh, our listeners may not know is I actually met Jenny years ago now, time is flying by, and back then, your author name was Beth, right? Right. So, and my books, like my author name is still Beth Fred. So my published books are under Beth Fred, but, um, you know, since I'm doing mostly the ghostwriting now, it's easier to work under my name. Jenny Beth (laughs) is one of those people that early in my writing days really inspired me. So I'm, I'm super excited to have you here today. Do we want to just jump right in and talk about your fiction first? Sure. Okay. So Let's start with how many novels or stories do you have out there? Honestly, like available, I think I only have like three. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had more published in the past, but I like periodically go through an identity crisis. So I have to just like undo like everything I've published. So um, <laughs> I was published with Harlequin Escape in 2013, but that's been seven or eight years now so the contract is up um so I actually have my rights back to a missing piece and I could republish it um and thought about it and there was a sequel that I had published self-published um and then I just didn't feel like it fit in with the rest of my work okay um so when I start releasing if I start releasing YA again it will be under a different pen name and my best friend name is pretty much just like romantic comedy um like funny contemporary romance kind of stuff but I don't really do the serious books with that and the missing piece like was a war book okay where the like I think the heroine was an Iraq war refugee and the hero's father actually died in Iraq um saving her oh wow so it was like it was really dense stuff and just doesn't kind of fit in with my funny you know yeah yeah but you could definitely do it with a new pen name and Kind of right. a bit more serious side over there. And it was kind of like, I kind of took branding for granted when I started writing, um, which I mean, I have mixed feelings about like, like I view myself as a writer, not necessarily an author. Okay. Um, and marketing, like none of that was ever really fun for me. <laughs> um, so I just kind of wrote what I wanted to. And 
I just kind of put it out there and if somebody took it, fine. If nobody took it, fine. And if I self-published it and somebody read it, okay. And if not, you know, whatever. Like, you know, I, I just didn't get really concerned about it, but um, I have an MFA now and looking back on it, like everything I've learned over the years, like it would have been good from the start to have my YA under one name and like my funny kind of contemporary romance under a different name. Um, you know, I didn't do that. So you have to kind of like learn the hard way, I guess. Well, when we started, there wasn't an easy way to learn it other than going to school to do it. I mean, we had to find bits and pieces out there on the internet or in different blogs to teach us, well, this is what you should be doing. And that makes it a much longer pro you know, process to, to figure things out. Cause I'm like you, marketing is not my thing. <laughs> and I do think there's like a lot of like online classes available now that are really good that were very like different when we said like, I actually, I used to teach an online class and I don't think it would like hold water in today's market. <laughs> I mean, and it was, I charged $20 for it. I feel like it was helpful for $20, yeah. you know, and yeah. like, um it, it was good information but it was like you know the way online classes work today where it's basically like a whole university class like <laughs> campus here like google you know like i don't think it would hold up yeah oh my goodness um so you said actually what i really liked about what you just said is that you were just writing what you wanted to write and that's something that we talk about on our podcast a lot is that especially for beginning writers that's actually what you need to do because you need to find who you are and your personality and by doing that you know you can discover what kind of writer you are but but then have you discovered any tips on moving from that stage to the next stage of okay before you publish figure out your branding because branding is such an important part about becoming a successful author. Have you discovered any tips on how to transition between those two? So one thing I would say, like if I had it to do over again, I was starting right now with all the information like available now that we did not have in 20, like 10, when I started, like, um, I would probably write a whole series before I try, especially especially if you're in romance, maybe not so much true if you're in like sci-fi or fantasy or, you know, a genre where series are less of a big deal. Um, and also romance has pretty much given way over to self-publishing. There are still traditional romance publishers um, and you can make decent money with them, but there's a, like a huge market for romance ebooks and you don't really have to go that route if you don't want to. Right. Um, so if I were starting over as a contemporary romance writer, I would write a whole series before I published anything. Yeah. And I would publish my books rapidly. And then, you know, I'll be working on the next series while I was like releasing this whole series that I'd already written before I published a single word. Yes. Like I'd publish it like probably, you know, a month at a time. And then that six months that it took me to publish that six book series, I would be working on my next series so I could start publishing that. Yeah. Um, that is one thing. But this is kind of different, um, not so much for author branding, but just like for you, like as the author, I think it's really important to know like what you want and kind of who you are. Like, um, you know, I told you, I consider myself a writer. And part of that is because I've become a ghostwriter over the past, like since the pandemic started, I've been ghostwriting, right? Like, I write books and they sell for other people with their name on it. And it's because those people are marketers. <laughs> If I can write books that sell and get, you know, decent reviews for other people who then hire me back to write the next book, which means probably I did not do a bad job. Right. You now paid me twice to write a book. Um, you know, probably if I put the marketing behind it, 
I could do that under my own name. But what I've always said is like, I'm an MFA because I want to write. And if I wanted to like market, I would be like an MBA, which I am not, (laughs) because I don't care about it. Right, right. (laughs) So like, I mean, for me, I'm a writer and writers write and, you know, I'm making my money writing now and, you know, my pen name. Well, okay. So there's two things here. Like we said that like each category you write in needs a separate name. Yes. So if I look at it like that, most of my books are under my name anyhow. <laughs> yeah, because they're all under <laughs> different category. He needs its own name. So, you know, um, it's a product line. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, I might as well write that product line for somebody else who pays me cash up front. Right. And then and, it removes a lot of stress afterward. Right. I don't have to do the tweeting and the, you know, Facebook marketing, and I don't have to like hire a publishing. So I don't have to do all that. I'm just focusing on the writing. And I think it's really important to know who you are and what you want from your career in the process. And if you asked me in 2010, I really wanted to be a bestseller and I really thought that I could do it. And, you know, if it were writing alone, I think I still could. Yes. But I'm not probably going to do all the things that people <laughs> who make the bestseller list do. So, I mean, with that being said, it's going to be a difficult feat for me. Might I get there one day before I die? Maybe, (laughs) you know? I don't feel like it's something for me to focus on right now, though, because if what I like to do is, like, bring the story to life, then my time is better spent with a blank page writing, you know, than going out and networking, doing all the things, like the kind of more business side of it. Right. Right. I so feel you, Beth. I'm like totally right there with you. That's something I've struggled with for the last year is, is I was doing so many of these other things like the podcast and I was trying to learn marketing and I was taking classes and I was doing all the stuff that I, I stopped writing. And so for the last month, we, we haven't had a lot of podcasts because I'm like, I'm writing <laughs> and it's been yeah, wonderful. And, been so. and the thing is like, like, that's what I said. I've realized there's a difference in being a writer and an author because the people who I write the books for, who put their name on the cover they are authors yeah. and, you know, they will go out and do the marketing and they enjoy that part and they do a good job of it. Like um, one of my clients researches tropes in the romance genre before I ever get the outline. Right. Um, so he knows this trope is going to sell and then he plans however many books he thinks. And if the trope changes before we finish the series, he'll be like, go ahead and tie the series up with this book right. because the trope is changing. We're moving on now. And so he puts a lot of research into it and then um, writes, you know, it sends me a chapter by chapter outline that hits all these things he thinks are going to sell. And then he markets it after it's done. And that is an author. Yes. But, you know, that's not necessarily how I'm going to spend my day. Right. And that's totally okay, too. And there's a place for both of us and we work very well together. Which know? is great. That's a great partnership. And like one thing you said, like you realize, like you were like learning the podcasting and the marketing, so you weren't getting a lot of writing mm-hmm. done. I mean, I mean that that's another reason I think it's really important to know what you want because, um, you know, I'm writing again and I've been ghostwriting for the past year, like since the pandemic started. But this is an accident. Like I graduated with my MFA in 2018, and at that point, I have been writing for almost 10 years. And you know, I think like I broke even in 2013, and that was my best oh. year. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, the, the first um, time you break even, you celebrate. <laughs> and that was my best year. So I didn't do it again after that yeah. for a while. Yeah. I mean, until this, like this past yeah. year, you know, yeah. but like um, I broke even in 2013. And that was my best year. And I was graduating with an MFA in 2018. And I had to really assess because I have a kid, you know, and she's going to go, she'll have to go to college soon and I'll have to pay for that. You know, yeah. it's like, like, am I going to keep trying to do this and not getting anywhere? 
or like, do I just need to go get a day job and get over it? <laughs> and I did. I went and got a day job and like, I'm a certified teacher now. <laughs> so I went and got a day job and got over it. And then the pandemic happened. And I was like in this long-term supposition where it was supposed to become like a teaching position, but it wasn't really working out. And then the pandemic happened. So like nobody was going to work and I'm high risk for COVID. So my husband really did not want me to go into the classroom. Right. So I had to figure out something I was going to do. And I joined a freelance writing group, like on Facebook, just like maybe I can write an article and earn a couple hundred dollars since I can't like work right now. And I met my first client in that group and then I started writing again, you know, and through the process of like realizing that that I really care about the writing and it's just the writing that I want to do like <laughs> I've been able to actually write my own stuff again because you know I don't really feel guilty if I have to spend money on an editor now because I'm making money like you right. know right right to cover and that I, I think just finding the part of the process and where you are in the process and kind of like I mean you don't have to work in the book industry to write right and if you do want to work in the book industry, there's a lot of things you can do. And there's lots of things you can write that, you know, you might not think of. Like ghostwriting never really occurred to me until I found someone looking for a ghostwriter. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of, I did it. I kind of, it might be like a one-time thing, like, you know, but we were in this pandemic, so let me make $2,500 and that will help my family and I can put it in my savings account. Like, right. you know, because Vegas was shut down. My husband makes hot machines. <laughs> like we really didn't know, you know, <laughs> let me just do this. But one book turned into another and one client turns into another. And, you know, having kind of feeling like I was successful and that I had hope again, kind of like opened up the area for me to be able to write my own stuff. That's wonderful. You know, so, and that's why I'm like, like just find what you need and what you want that's going to fulfill you and focus on that area and, you know, just do the best you can with that area because you don't have to be all the things to all the people. Just do what you're here to do. That's wonderful. I love that. I'm actually reading a book talking about um, how we need to be doing less, but do that less better. Yes. And that's And that means we have to make choices between what's the most important to us. And as you said, what really is going to fulfill us and help us feel that success. And I love that you said that, that once you felt success, it freed you up to actually start your own writing again. And now you can take as much time as you want with that because you've got income coming from your ghostwriting and other things. So, you know, you don't feel that pressure to got to get it out, got to get it out and you can right. enjoy it. And, you know, I don't have to feel guilty paying an editor. Like, um, you know, if I need to self-publish it, I won't have to feel guilty about buying a cover. It's tax deductible and I need the tax deductions because ghostwriting, <laughs> like, you know, I'm hundred percent self-employed. Yeah. So, you know, it's really cool. I'm still, I am making money writing yes. and I view my, my own books now as kind of like almost like a client magnet. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, awesome. I've been traditionally published twice and that brings me clients because they know that an editor said yes. So like I'm somebody they can pay to work with and that's cool. And yeah. so there is a purpose to my fiction and it is serving me. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be like a New York times bestseller and I don't have to go market it. Cause I really don't care. Right. <laughs> do you ever find that you you wish people knew I wrote that story like have you ever watched any of the past books like do really well and secretly wish people knew you wrote it um yeah <laughs> and sometimes I don't actually know what happens to them after they leave me yeah. um so I'm kind of like like you know I kind of wonder what happened to that yeah. book, you know? yeah. and um my fiction rates are low enough that I don't really do the editing. Like I just do the first draft, which that in itself is amazing because that's the part of the process I love. Like I love drafting and I don't really love revision. Um, so ghostwriting was kind of like, 
like, I mean, it was like so incredible <laughs> for me because I'm doing just the part of the process that I love, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but so the, they hire a different editor and, you know, I never really know what happens after the book leaves my hands. And sometimes I'm just like, you know, I kind of wonder, like, <laughs> I wish I knew. Um, and recently I've gotten into some like, web writing and marketing writing, which is ironic because I don't like marketing, <laughs> right? But, but marketing writing is not that different than fiction writing. You want to tell a story, you have to connect people and people buy with their emotions. So show it all, tell all the things we learned about writing is like applicable to marketing writing. And um, I don't, how do I say this? I don't market the marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but those like people's websites and stuff, like they'll actually be publishing it. Um, so in that sense, I've got to see some of my work published recently. And that was kind of cool, cool because usually when a project leaves my computer, I don't really know what happens to it <laughs> next. But um, when it's like the marketing writing, they don't, they don't care. Like, you know, if anyone knows I write it. I'm like able to see what happens to it and also follow up with the results and be like, you know, like, hey, are you getting the results you want from this? And like, yeah, it, that's been really nice too. That's cool. And that was like, I never thought I would be interested in marketing writing. It seemed very uncreative to me. It seemed very business-like to me. And it seemed like something that I would never approach with like a 10-foot pole. And it had been suggested to me before and I kind of like blew it off. And you know, it just kind of happened that because I started the ghostwriting, like, you know, these kind of opportunities came up right. and I am finding that I really like all kinds of writing as long as I'm focused on the writing. Right. You know, sometimes it's kind of interesting to do something you haven't tried before and be able to feel like almost successful at it. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> like, and have people tell you you're doing a good job, you know, and like, so I just think like you have to find the part of the process that you like and you have to be able to focus on that and like keep an open mind and know that like just because you know like I really thought I was going to be a novelist my goal was to be a bestseller you know I told you that but like I'm in this place where like I'm really kind of I stay home with my daughter after the pandemic she's probably not going back to regular school we're probably going to continue homeschooling um I work part-time I make as much money as I made subbing like the entire month wow. Now I was a sob, so subs don't get paid a lot. So, you know, the teachers don't get like paid much more. <laughs> maybe if I had a good job, like, like this would not be, you know, but, but I've already replaced my sub income and I expect within a year or two, I'll be making what I could make like full-time teaching and I'll be home with my daughter, you know, doing it. And I work part-time and when I was teaching, I worked like 60 hours a week. So, you know, like, I just think finding the part of the process you belong in opens up like a world of opportunities for you and it's okay to write new things and it's okay to try different things you don't have to pigeon yourself to fiction or like even one genre in fiction you can do all the things you want to do when you focus on the writing the writing gets better that's that is so, so smart. And, and that opens up new opportunities for you and it's okay to explore those new opportunities and you can do like try all the things, you know, like you don't have to kind of like writing is writing. Yeah. It translates from like one thing to the next. And I think that when you're feeling like, you know, oh, I wouldn't want to try that. That's not very creative. Either you haven't kind of explored your own creativity to the like edge of it. Like you can expand your own creativity or you haven't got where you are in the craft. Right to like be able to take that kind of project on and make it feel creative. Like if you had told me, you know, 10 years ago, you're going to write web pages and you're not going to hate it. It's freaking crazy. Like what, why would I write a web page? Like who even are you, you know? Um, and there, there are a lot of rules to writing web pages that do not exist when you're writing a romance novel. Like that is true. But, but 
you know, it still takes a lot of creativity to be able to like talk about like one of my clients is a professional organizer. Okay, I'm ADHD. <laughs> Organization is not something I know about. <laughs> like, okay, I've actually worked with her in a different capacity. She's coached me and she has helped my organizational skills. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like it, it does take a lot of creativity to be able to take what she does and translate it in a way that's like, like very conversational, like the way we're talking right now, right. so that it doesn't come off like, like that to other people. And, you know, like ADHD people need organizations. So <laughs> let me make this accessible to you so you can get the help you need, you know? Yes. Um, and I'm at a place in my writing because like, like I've been doing it for 11 years now and I do have the MFA. I'm at a place in my writing where like I can kind of stretch and make those kind of leaps that I probably wouldn't have been able to make earlier on. And it doesn't feel stifled or like I'm, like, I'm following right. all these rules because I can play all sorts of games with just the words, you yes. know? <laughs> and really hone in on that craft of, of the words counting. And we're going to shift gears just a little bit. And I'm going to <laughs> feel free to say, no, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. So one of the things we like to talk about on the podcast is kind of our goals and our journey. And we've, we've been talking about that, but I know um, you, you had a lot of bumps along your journey when you were writing fiction, some issues you had with publishers and and other things and so I just wondered do you have advice to other authors who may start to experience that like can you share some of the emotions some of the things that you did to help move past that and get back to where you are now where you love what you're doing you know okay so this goes back to figure out who you are and what you want to do and like I mean it's hard like even then, like it was like 10 years ago and even now it's hard okay like um so for those of you who don't know like I've I'm traditionally published twice um I had an agent for a while I am back in the slush pile <laughs> I have been back in the slush pile for a while <laughs> you know like it's really hard like because you think you're getting somewhere and then you just kind of like go backwards you know it's but you know what's important to you and, and do you really need an agent and like you know are those contracts really important to you I make more money now so I don't care okay? right <laughs> like but it was a long time to get to this place and again like like if I had focused on the writing and not so much trying to get published yeah. you know I probably could have gotten further earlier and you know I, I signed some not good deals because I was really concerned about being published and it just felt like being successful meant that you were published and if you weren't published were you even really a writer right, you know right and writers right <laughs> and that's it <laughs> writers right writers right okay like if you didn't hear me writers right authors don't necessarily write authors sometimes take ghost writers to write that is okay <laughs> Who are you? What do you want to do? If you want to be an author, you do need to be published. You absolutely cannot be an author without being published. If that is your goal, you have to get published. You have to find a way to publish. Yeah. You can self-publish. You can traditionally publish. You can publish to a blog. I don't care. But if you want to be an author, you have to publish. Yeah. Writer is right. I want it to write. So, you know, if I had focused on the writing part and not so much like the chasing the publishing part, I probably could have gotten further sooner. Yeah. Um, and like I told you, like ghostwriting never occurred to me until I actually met somebody in a group looking for a ghostwriter. It's like, okay, yeah, like they're looking for someone to ghostwrite a romance novel. Oh, hey, wait, I write romance novels. <laughs> like, here, look at this. 
Let's try it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> it worked out, you know? And I'm writing web pages now, and that's something else I thought that, you know, I would never write. Um, I write email marketing, something else that I would never write. Like email marketing and podcast notes are awesome because that's like your clients who want you to write that, they usually need it every month. Right. Exactly. So that's it's almost like a job. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's consistent and they need the same thing every month and if you give them good work they will be happy with you because not everybody likes to write and some people like to write but don't have time to write and think that you know their thing is going out and speaking to people and that is fine too and they need me to help them write you know so it's just like really finding out your place I think is what makes the biggest difference you don't have to be published to be a writer you don't have to be like an Amazon bestseller you don't have to like nothing you just need to write yeah. and you know if the writing is a piece that you care about then find all the opportunities to write write <laughs> things that you didn't think you would like because if you haven't tried it how do you really know you don't like it that is so true like we tell our kids when we try to feed them broccoli if you haven't tried it how do you know we don't like it you know like focus on the writing try new things try like different things like I mean when I came up, we were f- so focused on publishing. I just really felt like if you weren't published, you weren't actually a writer. And like, you know, publishing is so different than writing. It's like the connecting with people and the, like tweeting my book and like the building a book trailer and the yes. Facebook party. All of that gets really overwhelming for me, like really quickly. You probably don't know it, um, but I actually don't like to go out and talk to people. <laughs> like, it might not seem like it because I'm talking to you now. <laughs> Like, that's just kind of, so all the things that gave me anxiety about it were the parts that weren't actually the writing. Yeah. And, you know, you asked me earlier, do you ever wish you could tell somebody you wrote that book? And like, oh yeah, you know, and, and do you like, like sometimes I don't know what happens to the book after it leaves me. So I kind of like to know what happened to it, but there's a certain amount of freedom and being alone with the blank page and like, there's no kind of. How do I say this? There's no like consequence attached to yeah. it because, you know, I'm paid a certain rate to produce a book. So as long as the book gets produced, you know, that rate is what it is. And there's a certain ability to like, you know, take chances or like, you know, play with words in a way that I might not allow myself to do if I were connected to the outcome. And yeah. Because I'm only focusing on writing. I don't need to focus on the marketing. I can get better at the writing. I, I write 100 words an hour now. Nice. That's wonderful. Which is that's a lot, you know? I, <laughs> I can write a book in a month pretty easily now because I've had to do it for you. Like I've written a book a month just about every month this my year. Goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, you know, there you're going to make gains quicker when you focus on the part that you want to focus on too. Because like if I'm focusing on writing and tweeting and, you know, building a billboard in my front yard with my book title on it like you know I might get better at building a billboard but it's not gonna help me write this is what you're talking about if you're trying to go in a hundred different directions you don't get very far but if you go in one direction you get a lot farther right that's I love seeing this concept I'm trying to learn in action and so now I'm going to be asking myself, I'm like, for me, I hate the drafting part. I love the revising part. <laughs> so I'm like, where does that put me? You know, but I hate the marketing too, because the same, same way, it just takes up so much brain space. So that'll be interesting. You, know, you might really enjoy book doctoring or editing. Sorry, what was that? 
you might really enjoy book doctoring or editing. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's probably where it would be like a content edit. I'm not, I, I can learn the mechanics. <laughs> that's why I hire an editor because I'm horrible at the mechanics. But. Well, you know, development auditors get paid yeah. and they actually get paid more than the people who focus on the mechanics. Yes. <laughs> kind of amazing to me because I feel like like the developmental editor is actually the part that takes me the least time. Yeah. Um, but it does pay better than the mechanical <laughs> part, which is actually the part that takes me like the most time. Right? So, right. Oh my goodness. Okay. These are good things that I could be thinking about. <laughs> so wonderful. Um, let me, let me get real quick. Do you have a website or places where, I mean, it sounds like you're, you, people are finding you fairly easily and keeping you busy, but like what links can we share for you in the podcast notes? Um, ghostwritergirl.com. So that's the best, but ghostwritergirl.com. Yeah, like I wanted to be like ghost girl and have like a superhero kind of thing. Um, but I was told like I really needed the word writer in there for like SEO purposes. So now I'm like ghostwriter girl. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But you can still have a cape and just have GW on it for ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so since we're kind of talking about that, what's like your ideal working relationship with with the people that you go straight for? I really like clients who are kind of like laid back and let me be creative um, and trust me to be creative. Like, like I have one client who sends me a chapter by chapter outline and I try to stay pretty close to it, but you know, just the way like a book world comes out, like, you know, I can't, things aren't always linear, like, just because it happens there in the outline doesn't mean that's where it should actually happen in the book. Um, I've invented whole new characters. That's know? wonderful. Like, um, and, and they've been okay with this. And I really like that because I just need that kind of freedom, like when I'm writing to be able to do my best work. Right. And I think it kind of like helps the story have a life of its own rather than being just kind of like, this is what we plan. So this is what we're going to do. Right. And the same is true with like marketing writing. Like um, I worked on a website recently where I actually invented three characters and (laughs) I put each character like kind of in a different situation of why they would need these services and how the services would work out for them. And, you know, one character, we weren't really even sure the services would work out for because he just like maybe wasn't the ideal client. Um, And I was kind of leery of giving it to my client because I wasn't sure since I took this web writing job and it essentially turned it into fiction. But I'm sure how <laughs> that was going to play out but you know she was really happy with it she said it was engaging and we kind of agreed that like we were hoping people could see themselves in the different personalities and kind of see how the results would affect them and I think that like a lot of marketing and when I tell people a lot of marketing is story writing like people who have like weekly emails that go out to a list and do really well like those weekly emails over the course of a month usually tell a story yeah. and like even my web page, I write in the three act structure, which is probably like partly just me because I'm a nerd because like I've been writing fiction for all these years. Um, you know, and I'm sure there are different structures you could use to write a web page that will work out just fine. But I just think like, and having been a teacher too, we we learn from stories, and we know there's statistics to say people buy with emotions, and we know fiction is like a really good way to connect to people's emotions. Yes. Um, yes. So, you know, being able to tell a story, like the art of storytelling translates into like all these different mediums. So when I'm writing marketing 
still telling a story. When I'm writing fiction, I'm telling a story. When I'm writing instructional design, well, we said stories are how people learn. <laughs> so I'm going to tell a story. I think because we, like you said, we connect to the emotions and the story and it helps us remember what we're learning, what we're seeing, what we, what we're deciding on. So that's, that's a good point. As you're talking, I'm like, okay, I need to remember that. I need to do that. There is one thing, like, I did want to say, like, we talked about, like, you read my bio and I said, like, that I like to help entrepreneurs market with fiction. So I had never heard of this before I started ghostwriting, but there's actually a genre of fiction called business parables. So the idea of a business parable is you're teaching business lessons through fiction. Okay. And it's very good for the entrepreneur or the person who's like trying to teach the business lesson through fiction um, because it gives them like an area to market to where like you might not find those people in another route. Like um, I wrote a business parable about real estate investments, you know, like having that book on Amazon gives my client the ability to attract people like who are just like, like looking for investment books, maybe not real estate investment books, or maybe like they've kind of thought about it, but they're not really in the real estate market yet, or they don't know what all their opportunities are. Like it just gives home a way to attract clients that he might not attract without the business parable. Okay. Um, It also gives a sense of like legitimacy in the industry. Like, you know, like, you know, there's a thousand realtors, but I have a book out. Yeah. And business parables also help people book high-paid speaking gigs. Yeah. So that is a marketing tool, but you're still teaching the lessons through fiction. Um, and business parables actually pay way better than like genre fiction. <laughs> so that's something to keep in mind too. But it was really interesting to me to see that like, like because I, I think that if you think about elementary school, most people are kind of aware that kids learn through storytelling. Right. But it was interesting to me to see that, like, really adults do, too. And that's why people are paying to have these kind of books written. Right. And, like, you know, my client was a realtor, and he wants to focus on real estate. And he should, because that's what he's good at. And that's, like, you know, where his income is. But, like, I need to focus on, you know, the writing. So, like, it kind of gives us a way to work together, too. And I like that ability to help, like, entrepreneurs market through a way and reach people that they probably would not have been able to reach without the fiction. And it was kind of eye-opening to me to see just, like, how far-reaching fiction actually is, you know? And I've been writing it for, like, 10 years, and I kind of consider myself, like, an expert. But there's, like, all these things up there that I didn't know, you know? We can always learn more. I love like just listening to you and watching you talk. I can see how excited you are about it and how happy it makes you. And, you know, that makes me happy because I know you, you, you struggled through a lot of stuff and it's so good to see that you're like, I found my place. I know what I like. I know what I can do. And I like that the writing is fulfilling you, but it seems like, you know, earlier you said you don't like to go out and talk to people but this is giving you just enough social interaction that you're finding joy in that as well without being overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because I've never really minded talking to someone one-on-one, but I don't, I'm not one of those like work the room kind of people. (laughs) I'm not exactly an introvert. I'm just not exactly, you know, an extrovert either. And I, I like working with my clients and most of my clients are like, have been really happy with me. And I like having those kind of relationships, but I like not having, it just feels more organic this way. Yeah. More natural. Like, what do you need help with? Let me help you with that. And then like, of course I follow up to make sure you're happy. And if you need any changes, you know, we can work out that. But like, 
it just it does feel much more natural than like you know handing your business card to every person at a conference kind of thing like I don't even go to conferences anymore (laughs) well I mean it's COVID so nobody goes to conferences now but even like I don't you can be you you can be authentic that's the other thing we talk about is how do we get to the place where we're happy just being us and if you like that great if you don't that's okay (laughs) you know yeah you know I really I have found that place and that like that in itself makes me really happy because my daughter is um a competitive dancer and she has been since she was six and she wants to be a professional dancer and I don't really know if that's gonna work out for her but that's not my place to decide (laughs) you know but but what I do know is that when she's not dancing she's like drawing or painting right everything she does is very creative and I like that I found a way to use kind of like like I've made a business of my creative skills and I'm making a decent like you know I mean I work part-time because I'm like homeschooling her four hours a day but if I worked full-time I'd be making a decent income right now and I like that I feel like I'm showing her there is a way to do it and like, like we've kind of talked about, like, you know, be open to teaching dance classes or like, you know, be, be open to these other things, but still focus on the dance. And I feel like, like, I like being an example for her that she can do what she loves and what she's good at and make money at it as long as she's like open-minded to trying like new opportunities. And like, because, because this is what like she's good at and because what she loves is like so creative and like you know let's be honest sometimes it's harder to find a job in creative industries than it is and like you know like hey I want to be an accountant so, well yeah you can probably get a job being an accountant <laughs> you know yes let's, let's be honest about yes. that so I like showing her that, that she can make it work you know <laughs> I love that do you have any I feel like you've given us some great advice the the biggest takeaway I'm getting is that each of us as writers, as authors, we need to figure out, you know, where we are in that line and what it is that we generally love to do that makes us happy and choose that and look for ways to make that our priority so that we could either focus on the writing or if we feel like we still need to do that, that we need to, you know, figure out what we're best at and then maybe get people to help us fill in the areas where we're not good so that we can focus on the thing we're good at. Is there anything else you would you would like people to know? Any other advice? No, I think that that's it. Like you said it perfectly. Like focus on what you love and what you're good at. Don't be afraid to outsource what you don't love and what you're not good at. And don't feel like you have to be all the things. Like um, I'm I'm working on a nonfiction project. Like I said, I'm learning I can make anything creative because I have a conversational tone and like you know I can take that and I can apply it anywhere. I, there's a lot of research involved because it's a nonfiction project. Okay, I don't, I told you I homeschool four hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Right, three or four hours a day. I don't have time to go do this research. So I found somebody who can do the research oh, for wonderful. me and I pay her a nice chunk of chain. Like, you know, she charges $50 an hour. I can pay her. And, you know, I can still have, like, I'm making a decent profit off of it because, like, nonfiction pays more than fiction. So I can hire her to do. And that actually makes, good too because I feel like 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 now I'm hiring these other people so they can do what they want to do and then they can you know they're gonna go hire somebody to do what they want to do you know like it just so you have to be willing to spend some money in order to do what you love you know I don't know about that because I started out I told you I joined the Facebook group 
And I was just like, maybe I can get an article or something and make a couple hundred dollars because the whole world shut down and like, you know, <laughs> Vegas is shut down and my husband makes slot machines and I'm not subbing right now. So yeah. it's kind of scary to me. And then I found my first client. Yeah. So the only thing I paid for with that first client was Word because I didn't actually have Word on my computer before then. <laughs> and that was like $70 and the project was like a $2,500 project. Nice. So, you know, and I didn't even like, I told you like, hopefully that my website is live by the time this goes, you know, on air. Yeah. Um, I didn't even have a website for the first year. Oh, wow. So I made $12,000 before I even bought a website. That's wonderful. So like I'm in a place now that I'm taking on these different kind of projects and like they have different kind of demands and I do need to outsource the part that a I'm not good at b don't want to do and z don't have time for um but I don't think I had to spend money until I got here and that was another thing that I feel like is difference in authoring and writing like I was so focused on getting published that, you know, I wanted to be an author. Authors do have to spend money because marketing gives money. Like there's just no way around it. You know, if I had focused on the writing, I really didn't have to spend money before I was ready. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I feel like I have learned so much today. So this is good. It's like, it's, it's kind of a repeat of some of the things I was hearing in this. uh, I did this women in publishing summit at the beginning of the month and I'm still watching because there was so much content. And you've reiterated some of the ideas that I heard there. And I guess I'm a slow learner. I'm like, I need to hear it a couple of times. So I'm really glad that this was kind of the focus of our, of our talk today of really digging into what we want to do and what we're good at. And then, and just focusing on that because those are some hard questions sometimes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for being here. I think I called you Beth earlier, didn't I? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so now my listeners will be as confused as I am, Jenny. <laughs> uh, but we're just so glad that you took the time out of homeschooling, probably, or your writing time, I'm not sure, um, to visit with us today and share your journey with us. And it's pretty clear, you know, to kind of see your goals that it's just, like I said, so good to see that you're happy doing what you're doing. And, and I think that's the main goal that I would love for all of our listeners to find that thing that makes them happy and then just enjoy it. Yes. And so I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Charity. Until next time, keep writing or start writing.